0: Welcome back to In The Queue: Film Conversations with Andrew and Phil. I'm your co-host, Phil, and I just love Isabelle Uper. She is so fearless and she plays such twisted characters with a plum. Fair.
1: Very fair statement. I am your host, Andrew, and this
0: is a pretty far cry from RoboCop. Troopers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, Starship not ter- many similarities. <laughs> I can only think of uh, one similarity. I would say with those other two movies,
1: that uh, that there are robots that are trained to kill people. Yeah, I understand.
0: Yeah, you got it. you know me so well. <laughs> uh, the film we're talking about today is L, the film by Paul Verhoeven, who is multinational director, made films in Dutch, Certainly. English, and now French. This is his first film in French. Yeah, and uh, we're going to talk all about this film. It's a Definitely a very controversial movie. It uh, is. We're going to talk all about it in just a second. But first, I want to tell you guys out there where you can find us on the web if you haven't done so already. You can go to our blog, which is found at www.in-the-Q. That's the letter Q.com. On our blog, you can listen to all of our episodes and you can leave comments. You can go to our Facebook page, which is found at uh, just search for In the Q. Q U E U E is how it is spelled. On our Facebook page, once again, all of our episodes are posted, and we post videos and other things that kind of supplement the discussion. Mm-hmm. And if you want to commu- you want to communicate with us, uh, we encourage you to use the Facebook page uh, yes. because it's so easy to, to reply. And if you want to be on the show with us, we do listeners' request uh, episodes every now and then. And uh, you, you can actually put in a request to be on the show with us. They're going to be more often, starting shortly. <laughs> we've,
1: been, we've been in uh, end-of-the-year you know uh, awards season mode recently, so it's been yeah. a lot of new releases.
0: We're trying to catch up with all the spate of great films that have been coming out lately, but we'll be back to listeners' choices really soon. Yes. Um, also on social media, we have a Twitter account. We are we at are, uh, ITQ Podcast. That's the name of our handle. And then lastly, you can find us on iTunes. Or other uh, podcast aggregate apps such as Podcast or Overcast. So, L. Yes, uh, this film is a uh, tour de force. It's a for humdinger. Isabel.
1: It's a humdinger of a yeah.
0: film, I'd say. It's quite a, quite a, yes. It's a, it's a pistol. It's jaw dropping. <laughs> yeah, um, it really is. Basically, Isabel Upperr is in every frame of this movie. And in this film, uh, it takes place in France. She is the head of a uh, video game company. Mm-hmm. And uh, interestingly, the the video games that they seem to specialize in have to do with dehumanizing women and uh, uh, assaulting them and uh, manipulating them, controlling them. But she seems to understand that this is where the market uh, succeeds. That's yeah, she what seems to be
1: want. able to remove herself from that
0: uh, and, and, and mm-hmm. do her work. Right, she can, as you might say, disassociate from that aspect of it and, and lead the company. Uh, at the very beginning of this film, the first thing that we see in here is the end of uh, rape. And uh, as the, the curtain lifts, as it were, Isabella pear is on the ground... Uh, with a ski-masked man in black hunched over her, uh, pulling out and running away, leaving her on the floor, broken dishes on the ground, broken glass, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, you know if you know what the sort of the plot of this film is, or if the premise of this film, you're prepared for this. Yeah, and as, and as it, I was, and it should be said
1: that uh, if you're planning on seeing this film, or even if you're planning on listening to. Our podcast, the rest of our podcast, uh, it is a what can be considered a pretty triggering film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, there's a a fair amount of pretty intense sexual violence as a part of this film. So uh, if that's something that uh, really turns you off, you might want to stop this podcast right here and now.
0: Yeah. But if you have seen Elle, uh, we'd love to talk about it. And uh, I'm sure you'd be interested to hear what we have to say. And if you want to leave any comments on our Facebook page or our blog, uh, please feel free. Yes, yes, for sure. Um, So what happens is she is she's assaulted. But maddeningly and frustratingly, she does not do what one would think a person would do, is, which is to immediately call the police and uh, not try to remove any evidence that might help the police con- catch the person or convict sure, the person. Sure. She, she bathes, she goes about her daily routine, and she just kind of moves on. Uh, and then the rest of the film concerns a kind of game of cat and mouse between her and this attacker who uh, keeps kind of mysteriously reappearing in her life mm-hmm. and in her workplace. Mm-hmm. And, and stalking her, taunting her, terrorizing her. And um, that's not the only sexual assault in the film. There are multiple sexual assaults. This is a really intense, uh, disturbing, dark film. Extremely. And,
1: and, and, and
0: confounding, too. And, and even frustrating, to a point. Confounding, and, and not the least of which is most confounding, is that on the IMDb page for this film, they describe it as a comedy. Yeah, that that's totally baffling to me. I don't even understand how. <laughs> I mean, I thought like I thought The Martian wasn't a comedy. But this is really not a comedy. Yeah, this this yeah this. <laughs> but but in in all kind of fairness though, there is a uh, an undercurrent of really dark gallows humor. Not so much humor, I would say, but just stuff that's so shocking you can't help but. Laugh because it's, you disarming. have no other recourse. It's,
1: it's very disarming. Uh, the film is mm-hmm. very disarming in a lot of different ways, but uh, I think that that, I mean, there were certainly
0: some uncomfortable giggles in the theater that I went to see it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and interestingly, the theater that I saw it in was just, it wasn't full by any stretch of the imagination, but the predominantly uh, feature demographic in the audience was elderly ladies. Um, yeah. And I, I, more than once, multiple times, they would be just kind of physically jolting in their seats at a lot of the the jump scares that happen throughout this movie, and yeah, yeah, and really kind of squirming uncomfortably at all these kind of really painful moments. And you know, you just kind of wonder how do people find out about this movie? What what attracts people to this film if they don't already know that what the subject matter is? Well, I'll tell you one thing that almost certainly attracts them
1: to the film, and that is Isabelle
0: Huppert.
1: Her But don't you
0: think she's she's known for these kind of really dark roles, or like the piano teacher? Well, certainly, and... And, and I think we'll get into some
1: conversation about the piano teacher in particular, because of uh-huh. I think that there are a lot of parallels between the two films um, and the techniques that the directors, in each case, use mm. to kind of... Uh, Mess with us, the audience, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, distancing techniques. And... Yeah, distancing techniques. Uh, uh, sort of sticking it to us to see how much we can take. That kind of stuff. Uh, which, of course, Hanukkah is very well
0: known for. I think Hanukkah is a is a a worse uh, perpetrator of that type of thing than than Verhoeven.
1: Well, yeah, I think Verhoeven is great at uh, entertainment and satire especially mm-hmm. but I I mean he's made several films like I mean the last film that he made was a movie called Black Book which was a very good film um mm. also had uh, a lot of sort of intense uh material in it uh but uh he's known you know, and of course he made Basic Instinct back in the 90s sure yeah and uh, Showgirls too and Showgirls let's, let's not forget <laughs> yeah let's not forget <laughs> Um alongside movies like Rob- Robocop and uh Starship Troopers and uh mm-hmm. those sorts of films but uh yeah i mean this this is a i think people are drawn to this film if for no other reason than for the fact that it's a foreign film, an art house film that stars a great uh international movie star Isabelle Huppert, mm-hmm. and she's getting rave reviews for her performance in this and picking up a number of awards as well yeah. And I think that, you know, any seasoned older person who enjoys going to the movies uh, tends to go to the movies based off of those kinds of criteria. Uh, if, they, True. if there's word of mouth on it, if there's a good awards buzz on it, if that kind of thing is the case. So I think that people are probably coming to this film with those kinds of expectations, maybe not even knowing exactly what they're getting themselves into. <laughs>
0: Yeah, even I think I I wasn't totally prepared for what I was getting myself into. I wasn't into. at all. I think I think I thought that there would be a, there would be one difficult scene, and then the rest of the film would be uh, kind of unpacking or turning that one incident up on its head, and there would be some kind of great catharsis because <laughs> one of the blurbs in the trailer for this movie said that the film was empowering as hell or something like that. Yeah. And uh, that's not that's not what happens. This is not like a revenge tale. In lieu of like something like I spit on your grave yeah, 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 or, or, or even something less exploitative. This is not a film where the the woman who's a victim of aggression has her vindication. I, it's not exactly like that. It's much more complicated and messy.
1: Yeah, and and for those who are still listening with us, uh, there are probably going to be a lot of spoilers in this episode. Because mm-hmm. I think it's probably impossible to talk about the complexity of this film without talking about what happens in this film, yeah so and, if you're yeah if you're interested in in seeing the film and you haven't seen it yet, then you might want to turn the podcast off at this point because we're gonna have a number of spoilers coming up
0: and you know you've got a film where people nearly everybody is making really bad decisions yeah and and're just kind of exercising terrible judgment and they're all pretty terrible people yeah and and i was it left me feeling icky to be honest and i i loved the film and it it reminded me of a feeling that i had after i watched gone girl where they're different films of course but both kind of both films kind of leave you reeling at wow i just witnessed a world of terrible people doing terrible things but one of the one of the great things about Elle that I don't know if this is really getting its due is that Paul Verhoeven it, he juggles an ensemble cast so expertly and every single person in this world that that Elle or that Michelle the main character, mm-hmm. every person mm-hmm. that she meets that inhabits her world they all kind of f- play their part and they all kind of in a way, get their comeuppance by the end of the story, or hmm. get what's coming to them. Get their their get what they deserve. That's
1: interesting. Okay,
0: yeah, and because you've got most of these people are not very nice, as I as we have just detailed. But there's one person who who has perhaps the the best heart, the most, or the, is the least impure person in the film, oh. and that's I would say that is is Richard, who is. The former partner of oh, Michelle. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, fair and, enough. I thought you were going to
1: say the wife me. of her neighbor.
0: No, no, no. I wasn't going to say her. Because there's a pretty but, big <laughs> moment with her. There is a big moment with her. But basically um, Richard was kind of the one person that I held on to as my avatar or my uh, the person that I could relate to.
1: Because sure, everybody sure.
0: else in this movie, I'm watching at a distance, and I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying all the mayhem that ensues, but I'm not loving them, or I'm really kind of, or I don't have much invested in what happens to them. Yeah, part of the reason that
1: I've said that this is a very confounding movie multiple times now is I walked out of this film, and I, I went to see it with a friend, and we both walked out of it and turned to each other, and we kind of agreed that it it's seldom that you walk out of a film not having any idea how to feel about it mm-hmm. uh, because you are so confounded by the behavior, especially of Michelle, uh, the, the lead played by Isabelle mm-hmm. Uh She's a totally confounding character. And uh, you were, you were mentioning earlier that there's this reading of the film as kind of this very empowering movie, but, it's hard to understand, given the the amount of luck or pure, uh, you know, yes. reliance on complete happenstance that would allow this to become kind of the the revenge fantasy that that you were describing mm-hmm. earlier. Is so great that you, it's hard to believe that this was part of her plan, right? She essentially, framing it for the, for, the, for the listeners, the film, after this brutal assault happens in the opening frames of the film, the rest of the film becomes, and this is where I think the entertainment chops of Paul Verhoeven really shine, the rest of the film becomes kind of a whodunit of sorts. Mm-hmm. You, the film keeps you guessing and makes you think that every male character in her life could potentially be this rapist. Right. And it does a very good job of making you Mistri- think that it's every one of
0: them. Yeah, and misdirecting <laughs> point, you and misdirection. at one at one point I thought I knew for certain who it was. Yes. I was wrong. Yes, and same when here. they when they finally did reveal who it was, I was surprised. I was as well. And and it
1: it's interesting because I don't think that there it certainly dropped a few hints early in the film that the eventual culprit would be the eventual culprit but it didn't you know it 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 did such a good job of keeping you on your toes about who it could be and what was clearly leading to uh, Mm -hmm. uh, a discovery that this person was guilty so so on that level it's it's an entertaining film but the behavior of michelle and the behavior of the people in her life is fairly confounding throughout just the way that they and 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 having having to try to understand why it is that she's doing making the decisions that she's making it, that's where the real sort of Michael hanukkah connection came for me because it seemed almost as though and this is this is the last thing I'll say at the moment but there there's a whole <laughs> sub plot about her father having been a serial killer who or a, a spree killer, I guess, who mm-hmm. murdered 47 people or some absurd number in her quiet neighborhood when she was a child. And there seems to be some unresolved implications as to whether she assisted him in doing it when she was 11 years old. And right. And so there's a certain element of the film that she continues to Essentially, re-assault herself, or allow herself to be assaulted multiple times, seemingly willingly. And I read it almost as she was she was doing penance for her sins.
0: You're talking so- about L now.
1: I'm talking about i I'm talking about Michelle. Yes. Yeah. As, think- as atoning for sins that she had uh, conducted on the, either for her own sins or for the sins of her
0: father, in order okay. to get herself to a better, you know. Place, you know, I I don't know I don't know if you can psychoanalyze this character. Hey, well, yeah. I, I, I don't know if this film is really grounded in any kind of uh, human truth, or if it's just uh, it takes it takes a premise and it the film is very self aware and it understands that we're going to be trying to guess who is the culprit. We're going to be trying to we're going to try and guess who's the one who assaulted this woman. And it's almost like the film is just kind of twisting things enough that we're not going to be able to predict what happens. And if it's not completely believable, uh, they're okay with that. Okay,
1: well, here's a question that I have for you then Are you suggesting that the film itself is primarily entertainment? in other words, it's, it's manufactured with the idea of entertainment in mind. So it's more akin to a Hitchcock picture or something like that, where it's just sort of carefully, carefully orchestrated to kind of misdirect us and lead us astray so that it can kind of drop the hammer on us Shyamalan style or you know, something <laughs> like that. Is, um, or, or do you think that it holds up to closer scrutiny or deeper motivations
0: of its characters? Well, here's my honest reaction is as I don't know if I can really say I uh I don't know if if I even have the the place to say because this film is so deeply rooted in this older female character uh I honestly don't think that I can say that this is a believable portrayal of of a woman in her early 60s who develops a, a a bizarre attachment to being raped I can't say if that's actually a, a thing or not yeah i i don't i don't feel like i have i feel like it's a really really sh- like kind of turbulent area to try and explore to try and ex- analyze sure and maybe it's, that's it's, yeah maybe that's, that's what that's why that's probably why i'm looking at it as entertainment as more like a hitchcockian thriller that that is deliberately manipulating us well for me I part
1: of the reason that I think I gravitate towards trying to find a reasoning for what she's doing and trying to find a, a kind of centering point for this film is because if it is just for entertainment, I don't know that this film is particularly defensible as entertainment. Uh I I don't know that it, I, I think, I think it would be a reprehensible film if this was made with that in mind
0: well, you can also say, if you're looking for a convenient explanation of her behavior that is backed up by the film and doesn't need to rely on psychology or sure. or, or the a personal experience of the one doing the interpreting, you can just say, hey, father's a serial killer. It messed her up for life. And that's why she acts the way she does. Yeah, doesn't that seem like a bit of a cop-out, though? <laughs> doesn't that <laughs> seem like a
1: bit of a not like kind of dodging the fact that I mean this this film I mean to be fair this is based on source material
0: yeah Um, it's based on a book by the way the name of this book that's based on is just called (laughs) oh dot 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 (laughs) (laughs) which is
1: probably brings up its own set of questions but uh yeah yeah yeah, I mean obviously I don't think either of us has read the source material for this film uh but I, you know i would be very curious because because uh literature tends to allow us a little bit more of an insight into the psyche of the character that we're we're living with um than mm-hmm. than film tends to do mainly primarily because film is a visual visual medium right and uh internal thoughts and feelings are hard to visualize um you usually have to dramatize it in some way mm-hmm. yeah so, um, I mean, this is a dramatic film, to be sure,
0: so and but the thing is, if you're getting back to what you were saying about the how defensible is this film, and yeah. if it's if it's just entertainment, then it's it's lacking something, but if you look at a movie like the Piano Teacher, yeah, I didn't get that character either. I didn't understand her character in that film, and it's almost yeah. like this film this film is like a. It's kind of like the next step forward. It's, a, yeah, it's like a companion piece to the piano teacher. Yeah. And uh, I think that Isabelle Huppert was able to justify the actions of the character in her own mind. Yes. Even though if you look at her performance, it is, it's is—it's almost like she just glides through the whole film and she is kind of uh, detached from everything. Yeah. Wait, like when she uh when she she goes to her office early in the film and she sees somebody uh did a mock up of a scene from one of her video games of a woman being violated and then they pasted her face over the woman being violated and like her reaction is just kind of like minimal and yeah. she closes she closes the blinds in the office but it's almost like uh, she, she doesn't. It's like nothing matters to her in this movie. Well, here, here's
1: an interesting. This brings up another interesting point. Uh, this is something I was talking to my friend about after we got out of the film. I made a, a a point of saying to him that it's very clear in this film. I think that the film considers every man in this film, for the most part, to be completely mm-hmm. reprehensible. In one way or another. Some of them were reprehensible in the past, like Richard.
0: Her. Yeah, Richard, the reason they broke up is because he hit her. Yes. So that's reprehensible.
1: Yeah, so he's, he's committed reprehensible behavior in the past. And some of them are reprehensible in the present. And... Some will be reprehensible in the future. So, yes. <laughs> uh, but but every, every male character that we get to know is a scumbag, essentially, of one kind or another. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I think, I don't think it's any mistake that she is, she's working in the world of video games, which is a male dominated culture, uh, in which it's, it tends to be very difficult for women to succeed, much less become the heads of development companies. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I think the, the fact that she is developing very violent, very masculine video games is another sort of layer of this, and then the fact that she's surrounded by all these garbage men Mm -hmm. means that she has had to put up such a shield and such a an absolutely impenetrable force field around her that that's the reason that she tends to be unaffected by these things. I think she is affected by them, and I think part of the brilliance of Huppert's performance is that it's all there. I mean, it's like, it is this kind of very dry performance, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's also, it's filled with sort of almost a resignation, but also a, a tension, like almost like like she's a powder keg who could explode at any moment. Mm. And I, I just think that it, it has to be, it, it It isn't just that it's a strange thing that she's emotionally distant. I think that her emotional distance was developed as a coping mechanism and a strategy to
0: make it in a world that is so overtly cruel to her. Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what they say about people who rise to positions of great wealth or great power is that they have a certain kind of uh, ability to – put their needs before others. They, some yeah. say they lack empathy. Yeah. Um, they're able to kind of have that drive. But, but this, is what, this is what I've seen from Isabelle Upper in other films, like yes. The Piano Teacher. Or I to Heart a, To a comic <laughs> effect in uh, I Heart Huckabees, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but also similar, you know, and, and other films. And um, that's kind of like her milieu, as it were. Yeah. So it's almost like when I see her, I know what I'm going to get. Uh, I know what version of Is- Isabella Huppert I'm going to get in a film, and she delivers every time, and I love her. I think she's wonderful and, and very – she has a weird kind of attractive quality to her that I find appealing to watch. And I, I find her very charming in real life, like when she was at the Golden Globes and she was sure. so giddy so flattered to win an award. It's yeah. just a stinking Golden Globe. She's so much better <laughs> than that award. And yet, when she won, she was like, she ran up to yeah, the stage. Yeah. She was so jazzed about it. And and you can see how animated she actually is and how full of life she actually is. Yeah, in
1: contrast to those characters that you're talking about.
0: Yeah, so she. I don't know what kind of person she is, but in the film... Uh, Paul Verhoeven said something when he accepted the Golden Globe for this film as best foreign film. He said that he was surprised that people gravitated towards his movie because the main character does things and takes action that the viewer does not necessarily approve of.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, so, for example, in Elle, Michelle makes overt sexual advances towards her neighbor, Patrick, at a dinner where i believe his patrick's wife is present yeah yeah and and under the table she's using her foot to kind of maneuver in there and do a little little lido shuffle and uh (laughs) and and she's doing it right there in front of patrick's uh wife and you know i mean we're not supposed to kind of CL or Michelle as as her real name is. We're not supposed to see her as a as an innocent victim in this film. She's also the nope. perpetrator of some of the the dark things that happen in her life as yeah, well.
1: Yeah, let's not forget that she's cheating on her best friend. She's cheating mm-hmm. with her best friend's husband. Yeah. And then going and talking to her best friend about how terrible it is that she thinks her husband is cheating on her. Right. I I mean that's pretty despicable behavior (laughs) for a person to engage in. Um, So yeah, it's, it's not a particularly likable character and yet the film had me totally riveted from beginning to end. I mean, I was fascinated by how it was unfolding by why she was behaving the way she was behaving by who could it be? And why are all these men so much garbage
0: (laughs) for a a large part of the film? It is that kind of a whodunit where you're just wondering, who is it? Who is it? And then about slightly past the midway mark, it kind of um, adjusts into an ensemble character study. Yeah, And and we sort of see what Michelle's son is like, what his horrible new girlfriend is like, what their new baby is like. And the mystery takes a backseat to this learning about the different characters and their own kind of private traps that they're in and everything like that. And then when it comes back to the mystery, it's more complicated than, than just who done it. Yeah. when the, when the actual culprit of the rape is revealed, it gets like really, really complicated. And you're wondering what people's motivations are. You're wondering, do these characters know more than the film is letting on? And when the, when the kid, when the, culprit is revealed at the near the the end he is killed and then his dying words are why yeah and that just complicates things like 200% well
1: and then and then we're left with uh, a scene that I alluded to a little bit earlier a scene in which it becomes clear that Some characters may have known about certain things going on, and then you have to start asking yourself, why would that be okay with this person, especially the way that they're painted in the rest of the film? How could this, how can you square this circle? This doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, and I kind of see this whole movie as just a um, a big piece of Schadenfreude. (laughs) <laughs> and that's how I understand it it's like a it's Hitchcockian both with the music both with the the, the mystery but then it adds this whole other Verhovian au pair dimension yeah. to, uh, to the dark side of the human soul that you're just kind of your jaw drops further with every scene and it's the same feeling I had with the piano teacher it was yeah. just like how, how much can this movie blow my mind more than it already has. And that's kind of the reason The reason why I enjoyed it is for that kind of shock value. But the storytelling, the direction, the script, and the acting are all top-notch. And that's what backs it up, and that's what makes it a really good movie.
1: Yeah, and I agree with that statement. Like All of the elements of the film are completely top-notch. Uh, it, it is a confounding film. Uh, it does bring to mind the kinds of feelings that I had when I was watching Funny Games or Cachet.
0: Uh, mm-hmm.
1: You know, films where we're presented with a problem or a mystery or a, a a situation that we don't understand. And then the movie proceeds to help you understand it even less, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess. And um, and so it, it it can be frustrating in a way. It can be a very frustrating film. But as I said, I was totally riveted the whole time. Uh, I think Huppert's performance, along with the performances of all the rest of the actors... I think mm-hmm. across the board, really excellent performances. Uh, Verhoeven's direction is spot on. I mean, he is he is working on all cylinders yeah. here, and it's really uh, a very compelling film. But I have to believe, and this is you know, this is a film that I'll probably have to return to if I want to really make sense of it. I have to believe that it's more than just entertainment, because if it is just entertainment, I, I think that it's it's it, it's questionable um but i mm-hmm. think i think that some of those things that i mentioned the the sort of pointed critique of sort of a macho male culture and uh what someone has to do to survive within that framework uh combined mm-hmm. with i think a little bit of uh that secondary story that's running throughout the film about the the psychopath i think there's i think this film there's more to this film than is easy to unpack at first viewing. So I think that it probably uh, deserves a second viewing or more.
0: Yeah. And as I mentioned at the beginning, like I, being who I am, I don't know if I can completely put myself in the shoes of yeah. the main character. Yeah. So uh, I would welcome any women who have seen this film – who want to kind of chime in and offer their take on our Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, please, like, after you've listened to this episode, uh, leave some comments about what you thought of Elle, and we can start a dialogue and sort of see. I think that, Andrew, you're probably right that there is something deeper to this story. Um, but I just feel like whatever whatever notions that I have are mere projections at this point. Of course, and yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I don't feel like I can really get inside the the main character too much um but yeah i think overall great movie agreed agreed uh unfortunately
1: yeah. not gonna it's not gonna be nominated for academy award the academy award nominations come out tomorrow and mm-hmm. uh it did not make the short list apparently
0: yeah that's what i hear so um may, maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe the internet source was not reliable maybe it was uh either way we'll find out yeah Tomorrow morning, so I'm by excited to this, hear about those. Uh, by the time this episode is released, we'll know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, that's our show about L, ladies and gentlemen. Stay tuned for our next episode, which is going to be about the new Jim jarmusch film, Patterson. We'll see you then.